Thank you for joining Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. And tonight you're listening to Wednesday Bible Study, which starts at 7 p.m. weekly. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the Word of God. Again, thank you for joining the online service of the Cornerstone of Grace. If you're looking for a church home, growth, and ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. Now, on Sunday, I... Um, mentioned that uh, we'll be fasting on Wednesdays. So at 12 a.m. Wednesday morning through uh, 3 p.m., we're fasting and praying, uh, fasting for stability in our finances, fasting for growth spiritually, fasting for the deliverance of souls, you know, and so I want to encourage you to, to join in the fast. Now, if you heard the notice or you uh, forgot to fast, I want to encourage you, don't wait till next Wednesday. Jump right in and fast tonight. Fast from 12 a.m. to 3 o'clock tomorrow morning. You know, the Bible tells us in Matthew 17, chapter and the 21st verse, it says some things come by prayer and fasting. Now, if, you're, if you have questions or desire fellowship, I want to encourage you to uh, let us know. Uh, visit ConnectingTruth.org. That is ConnectingTruth.org, and, and if you have a question, let us know. If you have a prayer request, or if you desire fellowship, you know, we are mobile. We live in a transit day and time, and certainly we're not looking for anything except to encourage the, the souls of men to enhance their relationship with the Lord. Now, maybe you're having a meeting like us and you want to invite uh, churches to come. Uh, again, visit ConnectingTruth.org and let us know. Give us information about your uh, event that you have coming so that we might support it as well. You, you know, um, when we talk about the body of Christ, to me, it has a different meaning. It is, those are not just words to blurt out. We're all part of the body of Christ. Uh, but yet we have no interactivity. Now, if your body, if your body is not working, you know, let's say for instance, your foot start getting uh, that feeling where it feel like a zillion needles is point is sticking you in the foot, your foot and went to sleep. You would try to wake it up. If you felt numbness of some sort in part of your body, you certainly would be trying to do something to figure out why. You want your body functioning as much as possible to the to the best of its ability 
you know, and so to me, when we talk about the body of Christ, that's what I think of. And there's more, a lot more I could say about that. Um, but it's not a cliche. I'm not a cliche person where I, where people just say things. And, you know, um, I was having a discussion with someone the other day and we were talking about the price of things. And there used to be a saying that if you have to ask, you can't afford it. That is a lie. Yes, I said that. <laughs> that is not the truth. You ask about the price of something so that you can be well informed because maybe you can, maybe you have the money right then, but then you decide you don't want to spend it on that. You thought it was a little less or maybe it is your goal, but you won't know how to set your budget and, and uh, plan, strategize so that you can reach your goal without knowing what the price is. So, you know, asking for price, the Bible even tell us that, that uh, the kings don't go out to war, and I'm paraphrasing it, but no one goes to war without counting up the cost. So, um, so I guess if they stood back and said, well, you know, I wonder how much this war is gonna cost us, then they would, you understand what I'm saying. Listen, we're prepared. <laughs> We're preparing for 2024, and that is three nights of Pentecost. There's 277 days um, before the 50th day, and so we will be celebrating with three nights, and that is uh, to be announced. You know, and so that's not a time you want to miss. It's going to be a weekend day, but at the same time, we want you to be able to get back to your church home where you need to be at and support your ministry. And so we're excited about that. You know, people are counting down to Christmas. We're counting down to Pentecost, um, you know, because we're expecting, we're looking with a great expectation of what God is going to do. Now, over the weekend, and the enemy did not like this, but over the last weekend, we cast our net into the deep uh, over the weekend, inviting many souls uh, to Sunday worship and to you know, and to continue this warfare, and with, I solicit your prayers as you fast. But Lord, remember the souls that are being reached out to. Now, we have a guest speaker on this Sunday who will be ministering the Word of God, so please make your presence known uh, through the broadcast. Invite others. Make your presence known physically. You know, if you're in the area, Riverside County, Los Angeles County, San Bernardino County, you're close by. You know, now I know we go all over the place to have fun because I do it. And so we, we go, I go to Los Angeles, I go all the way to the, to the coast. And just to have something good to eat or to go to the arcade and have fun. We do what we want to do and we do what's important to us. The most important thing is our soul salvation. And with that being said, and those announcements being made, let, let's have a word of prayer and then we're going to go into the word of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and grace. Lord God, we're excited about you and excited about what you're doing. Lord God, I pray and ask that you would bless us. Keep our minds stayed on you. Help us, Lord God, to understand your word and to apply your word in our lives. Lord God, so that we don't sin against you. Lord God, thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your grace. I ask that you would touch those that when hung down heads to lift their heads up and be lifted up. Lord God, I pray and ask that you, if there's any sick among us, that you would touch them in their body, that you would heal them. In Jesus' name, Lord God, you know the financial burdens that some are under right now. I pray and ask that you would bless them. 
Lord God, and giving wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, uh, dealing with financial matters in Jesus' name. To you be the glory, to you be the honor and the praise. Amen. Now, we are in the book of Genesis. Pause there. The book of Genesis. That's where we are. We're in the book of Genesis. Touching what is referred to as the law of particularization, moving from the general to the particular, the universe, earth, man, and spirit. We are touching the creation and a principal person who is the cosmological, the cause of all things, and the teleological, the designing mind behind everything. Now, I want to remind you of, of, of Genesis 1, excuse me, Genesis 15 and 1, and also Genesis 17 and 1. Genesis 15 and 1 says, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield, an exceeding great reward. Now, I, I, it, write this down, highlight it, type it up, print it out, post it someplace where you can see it, that God is your protection. And he is your greatest asset. He's your greatest reward. So uh, Genesis 15 and 1 is something that to, to, to keep in your mind, the forefront of your mind. Genesis 17 and 1 says, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, so he's 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him, to Abram, and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. So Abram was given an order. To, to, um, to man up, get it together. Brothers, sisters, cut out the shenanigans. Uh, that's what the Lord was saying. And, you know, you can use whatever idioms that you want to use. But he was, <laughs> he was saying, cut it out. It's time to cut it out. It's time to mature. You know, not, your, not what you think is mature. You see, we have our own opinion of things. And if you look back at the progress of your opinion compared to what God is saying and you put place them side by side, does it actually measure up even a little? Or let's let's go even further. Let's put it next to another person that is the same age that that got the same message and they function in a mature way. And you look at your area, what you call mature and see, are you equal? Are they um, advanced or under, you know? And I'm not big about placing your uh, measurement or your measuring your ruler next to other people, but I just want to make a point that we need to get outside of our own thoughts and uh, really examine what we're doing and how we do it. And so that we can really enjoy life. We can really enjoy some of the things that exist because God said, I, I would above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. So, so we're not going to be all spiritual and all, you know, we're all spiritual and, and, but we're no earthly good. We, we really don't have it going on as God would expect. And he does, God does have expectations for us to succeed. And for those that are succeeding, he has expectations that we would help someone. That's why the Bible said the poor you have with you always. And he that uh, gives to the poor lends unto the Lord. So our success is meant to help others as well. And we find that uh, there was a man in the Bible who was very well off. 
He was very well off and uh, he had plenty of food. You know, his dogs ate well and um, his servants did okay. Uh, but there was a, a, a man that, that they would lay by his gate and this man was unhealthy. He, he was, he was a, I guess you could call him what, what, a transit. Some might say he had mental health issues, but one thing he did know, and that was God. And they would lay him by the man's gate. And all he was there for was hoping. He was just hoping that he could eat some of the crumbs that fell from the man's table. Uh, the man had enough money to pay for to, to help him out, uh, his health to pay for his health condition. But instead, the only comfort that he had was the dogs licking his sores. Well, both of them died. The Bible said that when the uh, poor man died, the angels carried him and placed him in the bosom of Abraham to rest. But when the uh, rich man died, he was buried. It doesn't say nothing about anyone attending. It says nothing about words being said. It doesn't say only. And when we look again and we find that the only place um, he lifted up his eyes and he was in hell. And he was hoping just to uh, have some water that Lazarus, the man he would not help, would dip his finger in and cool his tongue. And the man said, I'm tormented in the flame. And, and so hell is a torturous place that you don't want to go to. And for those that uh, may say hell is not real, I, I want you to remember that the devil is a liar and he is the father of all liars. I'm not calling them the children of the devil. What I am saying is that the devil spread lies. That's what I'm saying. All right. Oh, bless you, Lord Jesus. Um, I'm, I'm excited about the Lord. I'm just being real. And that's what Cornerstone is about. CLG is about being real. Uh, it is, we deal with the principles of the gospel. We rejoice over it. We, we sing about it. We, we magnify the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Genesis 20, beginning at the first verse. And Abraham journeyed from thence, and this is after Sodom and Gomorrah, this is after Lot and his two daughters, whom uh, my daughter called them Anne, Anna and Beatrice. And, you, you know, if you have to go back and listen to the other um, lessons of what I named them, but listen, um, this is after them and their, and, and their misconceptions, uh, their, um, their um, misunderstanding their perception of things was marred. That's what I was looking for. And so Abram now journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelt between Kadesh Shur and sojourned to Gur. And Abram said unto Sarah, said, uh, said to Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, the king of of Gera sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said unto him, Behold, thou art but a dead man, for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not came near her and said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? She said not unto me, she is my sister. 
said he Nana to me, she is my sister. And she even said herself, this is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hand, have I done this? And God said unto him in a dream, yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore, suffered I thee not to touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man his wife, for she is for he is a prophet. So Abraham is a prophet. And he shall pray for thee. And thou shall live. And if thou restore her not, know that thou shalt surely die, thou and all thine, that everyone that's associated with you is going to die too. Now, Abraham is a prophet. Now, many people want to be a prophet and speak out, but this prophet prayed. I hope that those that claim to be prophets are praying some, and, and speak whatever the Lord say. But the Bible said that he would pray for him. It didn't say that he was going to prophesy and speak into his life. It said he would pray for him. And he, he prayed whatever God told him to pray. Now, Sunday, we talked about influencing the outcome and the fact that you have the power to do that. You have the power to influence. And we see here in our topic this evening, a righteous nation, uh, a heart of integrity. And so this man's integrity influenced the situation and influenced the outcome. Righteousness has a very simple definition, and, and I know that you know this, but let me uh, reiterate it again. It's a quality of being uh, morally right or justified, and you're correct in what you do. Now, I believe we all know right from wrong, with the exception of those that uh, with the influenza uh, defense. You know, um, here in the U.S., uh, and some and others may have heard about the influence of defense, the right or wrong. A young man who um, was um, of a wealthy family uh, killed some people and the defense, uh, drunk driving, and the defense was that, well, he was so rich and he had really, uh, unlike our kids, you know, where you tell them what's right, you tell them what's wrong, you uh, you discipline them when they do something wrong. You use corrective measures. This young man was not raised that way, so he didn't know right from wrong. And that worked. <laughs> that defense worked in that state where he was. But don't try that because it's only going to work where the men that you are in front of are getting paid. All right. And you don't have deep pockets. So let's stick to doing what's right. Now, integrity is the equality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. I hope that uh, there are, uh, that the men, uh, not just the ladies, but the men, that we are people of integrity, that we're men of integrity. Now, Bible students, during this time, I, I, want, to, um, I want to present a question here. Uh, because we're talking about Abram, uh, Abraham and where he was and the cities that he had journeyed from, which is uh, there in the um, beginning at the first verse. He went south country and dwelled in Kadesh and Shar, and then he journeyed a little further uh, to Jerah. And 
you know, what group of people, what group of people were on or inhabited the earth during this time? What group of people, and you will have to give me a scripture uh, for, um, for what your answer is. Uh, ministers, uh, Bible students that are listening, don't be shy. Um, you know, what group of people inhabited the earth? Now, while, and post your answer. I'm looking for the answer so I can see what is being said. Now, the Bible tells us, uh, again, we're at Genesis, the, the 20th chapter. Uh, it says, and Abram journeyed from thence toward the south country. And he dwelt in a few different places. He stopped and, and checked it out, and then he left, and he went on. And as he came near this particular region of uh, Jera, uh, which is... Uh, the south district of the border of the Palestine, uh, Palestine, excuse me, uh, which was ruled by the king uh, Bimelech. Now, this was near what uh, I don't want, near Israel today. But again, um, and I, I just threw out a big hint there, so I'm not going to say nothing else about that. The Bible says, and Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, "She's my sister." So he's influencing her to speak on his behalf and to be like the king. Um, and Sarah, even herself, says that uh, she is a sister. Now, again, Abram is having a moment of insecurity. Now, recall when they went toward uh, Egypt. Remember, there was a famine in the land. There was a, um, a recession that was going on, and he went down to, toward Egypt. And Abram, he knew how the Egyptians were and how they responded to our beautiful women. And, and so, uh, but one thing he don't, we don't recall is him reiterating within his mind the promises of God. Now, Genesis 12, and this is why I'm, I mentioned Genesis 15, and, um, and I want to mention also here Genesis 12, because this was a promise that God made to Abram early on. Now, the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto the land which I will show thee, and I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great. Thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curse thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And, and so then when we drop down to the 11th verse, that was verses 1 through 3, when we drop down to the 11th verse and begin reading from there, it says, it came to pass when he was come near to enter into Egypt that he said unto Sarah, his wife, behold, now I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore, it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see thee that they shall say, this is his wife and they will kill me. So he was fearing for his life. He, he didn't think about what God said, that if anyone curse you, I'm going to curse them. I'm going to handle your business. I'm going to, I got you. He didn't think about that. Now, his experience with God was minimal, but he yet had this promise of God. And so when the Egyptians shall say to thee, uh, who are you? You know, you're going to say, instead of saying you, you're my wife and them killing me, you're going to say that you're my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake and for my soul. So he really uh, gave her a logical argument. You're going to be good, too, because you say that you're, you're my wife and you know, and you're not going to watch them kill me and I'm not going to lose my life. This is just hope. 
And it came to pass that when Abram was come into Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman, Sarah, uh, that she was very fair. And the princes also Pharaoh saw her and commended her before Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And he entreated Abram well for her sake. And he had sheep, oxen, and, and asses, and manservants, and maidservants, and she-asses, and camels. So Pharaoh hooked Abram up uh, because of Sarah. He was hoping. He, he had high hopes. And the Lord plagued, Sarah, plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this that thou hast done unto me? This is your fault. What, what, what's going on here? Why didn't you tell me that, that this is your wife? And so um, they went through a whole conversation regarding that. Now, my question is, how many times do we re, um, we reenact things? Now, we just finished reading about how uh, Abram told Pharaoh early on that Sarah was a sister. And here he is doing the same thing with Abimelech. And what about us? Do we do the same thing? We say what we're not going to do or we uh, we our intentions is that we're not. And then we find ourselves doing that same thing as Abraham is doing. Now, he's doing this after he's had multiple visions like you. Uh, he's he's met with the Lord. He The Lord ate at his table and maybe the Lord didn't sit at your table and eat. But you've been to the house of prayer. You've been to church. The Lord has blessed you. He's touched you. And, you know, he's done things for you to, to prove himself. And Abram has seen the Lord in, in multiple manifestations and received a blessing. His name is changed from Abram, Abram to Abraham. And yet there is still uh, insecurity. There's still some fear that he is dealing with. You know, our life and our walk with Christ is a process. It's a process. And, and we all fare well to remember that and to help others to know that it is a process instead of them thinking that, well, when I come to church, I'm just going to instantly change and all that. Some of us, the Bible said they were healed as they went. Everybody don't have an instant change. And we have to be patient and remember where we were. And there's, we didn't stop doing some things overnight. We didn't stop doing some things immediately after prayer. But over time, you realize that, man, I, I, I'm, I've changed. I remember it, it happened so um, in, in such a way, it was so smooth that you looked up one day and it's like, man, I, I'm not cussing like a sailor no more. Or the, the thirst and hunger for, for that, uh, for whatever we was using as a pacifier is gone. And so we don't feel that way and we don't even think about it. It just went away as we dedicated ourselves unto the Lord. Well, Abram had some, still had some things that he was overcoming. And God was still dealing with him. He was still working with him. And so when we see someone in the church and the Lord told Peter, he told Peter the same thing. He said, when you're strengthened. So obviously Peter needed to arrive at a certain place that he was not there. And the Lord told him, when you strengthen, strengthen the brethren. All right. And, and so Abraham is doing this after going, after meeting the Lord, manifestations, blessings and everything. And here we find him 
reenacting something that he did earlier. The third verse says, but God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, behold, thou art but a dead man for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. Now, but God, just that those two words, but God is a statement by itself. It is a testimony, but God. And it's a powerful testimony. When someone says, starts out telling you about their situation and then they say, but God, that right there is illuminating. That right there sets the church on fire. That right there does wonders when you say, but God. It's a great testimony. Now, I know others outside of myself that have such a testimony that just the word, just those two words, but God and I you know, meaning that God intervened on our behalf for whatever the reason was uh, that he did. Now, God deals with men in dreams, and you'll find that in the book of Job, um, how God deals with, and he deals with us in dreams because of the hardness of our heart. Now, it doesn't mean that every time we have a dream that God is dealing with you because of the hardness of your heart. No, <laughs> it's just sometimes you, you stop moving, you're not busy no more like me, you're not running around doing things until two, three in the morning. And, you know, God's got your undivided attention because now you're laying down. God deals with men in dreams and you don't always have to say anything, but there are other times where you could say something. Now, God deals with your enemies in dreams. I was dealing with a situation um, uh, the onset of a situation this weekend, there are many things I could have said. There are many things I could have, and I did not because in my heart, I knew that God can deal with the situation much better than I can. God can convict a person, place of place you on a person's mind um, when they may not have been thinking about you at all at that time. Let God deal with some situations. Don't you try to do it. You don't have to say everything. Sometimes saying nothing and allowing God to deal with it is the best course of action. And so God was dealing with Abimelech. Uh, Proverbs 21, uh, the third, uh, first verse says, the king's heart is in his hand, is in the hand of the Lord. As the river of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the heart to do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. You know, our obedience is better than sacrifice. Our judgment and justice, meaning that we do what's right and not be prejudiced and allow our, just, our, our judgment to be blurred, is acceptable unto the Lord. Now, Abimelech name means uh, my father is king. In this situation, the king of kings told the king you are close to dying. Matter of fact, you're good as dead. The woman is another man's wife. Now, the scenario could also be a woman that, that, um, that the Lord is speaking to, saying that man belonged to another woman, and you got him there in your place. The fourth verse says, but Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? 
you know, the, 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 the king represents the nation. Our uh, leadership, no matter where we are, uh, it, it represents the nation. If they're crooked, the, the nation is functioning in a crooked way. So pray for the king. Pray for the leadership. Abimelech uh, did not um, do anything wrong. During the transition of where Sarah entered Abimelech's house, something happened. Something transpired. Abimelech admired her from a distance. You know, even though she was in the same location, he 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 admired. He didn't touch her. Uh, he may not even have understood why, but he Abimelech nor anyone else laid hands on her. Now, Bible students, second question: Can you give me one or more scriptures from previous lessons that? would make sense to everyone why Abimelech appetite changed. Why he didn't touch Sarah. There's a reason for that. Now, let me repeat that again. Uh, give me one or more scriptures from previous lessons, uh, not from chapter 20, but from uh, previous lessons, uh, why Abimelech could not touch Sarah. Now, note Abimelech was a, had a legitimate conversation with God. And this is very interesting to me because I'm, I'm a strong believer that when God is communicating with you, you can talk with him. Or if God sends an angelic being, uh, one of his servants, to speak with you, uh, they're not like little um, Piggly Wigglies or um, Peter Pan, whatever the name, the, the name of the character he is you know, flying around and then when they see you look in their direction, duck and hide behind a chair or something like that, that's, uh, no. And I, I was explaining that to someone that, that thought that that's what angels do. Angels are messengers of the Lord. And when they come, they come in full authority, ready to handle the business. And so uh, you can have a conversation you know, when spoken to. And, I, and I'm, as I said, I'm a strong believer that when you're in a dream, and many times you do, converse in a dream um, uh, and you may not even recognize that you're doing it or you've done it, but then you don't claim it. You may not even claim it, but you can talk to God. Sometimes we, uh, we need to ask the right questions. Sometimes we need to uh, have a conversation. And even if it's when you're dreaming a dream, uh, God will respond. I was having a dream about a situation and, and I saw someone there and, and was preparing for ministry. And I was wondering about the dream. And I thought maybe I was just dreaming. And so I questioned within my mind, within my mind, while I was in the dream, uh, if this, what this mean, am I just dreaming this? And immediately a scripture, a book from the Bible that I had not been reading came to mind and I was instructed to go read it and, it and everything of the dream lined up. Now, there are other times that we have dreams and visions and God is talking to us and we already know what it means. Uh, you don't have to get up and pray, uh, should I be doing it? And God is showing you that's what you need to do. Or that's what you need to stop doing. You don't have to pray about it. You don't have to wonder about it. You just need to do it. And if you don't do it, it's because you're just rebelling against what God is saying. And But Abimelech didn't do that. He had a legitimate conversation with the Lord uh, that night. 
He said, will you kill us? We are a righteous nation. Now, remember, righteousness has a very simple definition, a quality of being morally right or justified. And God recognized that. She said, she, he, excuse me, he said, he said unto me, she's my sister. And she even herself said, uh, he's my brother. And the integrity of his heart, innocent of his hand, uh, have I done this? I, I didn't do this purposely. Abimelech points out the actions of Abraham uh, and his behavior, which led to this. Now, Abraham did it out of fear. And, and, and I've heard others that, that did similar things out of, but it wasn't out of fear. I've heard ladies um, and gentlemen uh, doing uh, the same thing, similar. Just like Abraham says, well, Sarah's my sister. And, um, you know, and she's saying that he's his brother. But others have said, well, that that's, you know, he's just a friend. Or he's that's my homie. I've heard um, married couples uh, or uh, a woman say about her husband that, oh, he's just a roomie you know, because it wasn't out of fear. It was lust. They were about to go off and they wanted to do something that they thought they would get away with, thought that conviction wouldn't catch up with him. But, you know, so we can't point the finger at Abraham and not look at some of our actions and what we what we do or what you your friends may be doing or what a relative may be doing or, or something along those lines that we need to get it together and we need to call it what it is, you know, and, and so, um, and stop, you know, like the Lord told him, uh, uh, walk before me and be perfect. Now the sixth verse says, and God said unto him in a dream, yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart. And see, here's the difference. Abimelech did, had integrity. And so the, the Lord said, for I also withheld thee from sinning again. Why? Because of integrity. A righteous nation has a heart of integrity. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Uh, the reason I, he couldn't touch her because the desire. He couldn't touch her because there was something going on in his mind that, uh, that nothing. They did nothing with her or to her. It was Abimelech's integrity that saved him. Abimelech had something God could work with, and that was integrity. We have to give God something to work with. Integrity is what? The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. God can work with that. And we're not talking about salvation. But we are talking about something that God can and will work with, and that is integrity. He'll work with your integrity. He'll work with other people's integrity. That's in business. That's in school. That's in relationship. Let's be people of integrity, and most often in the, in the church. Now, I, I want you to note the difference between the situation in Egypt. And remember, uh, Red Thad talked about how when they came to, the, they came close to Egypt, that Pharaoh had taken uh, the wife of Abraham and uh, the Bible and the Bible tell us right there in the 12th chapter in the 17th verse. And the Lord plagued Pharaoh in his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. And see, that's something to understand. Now, he didn't plague Abimelech's house. 
Now he did stop them from, from, from doing anything, but he did not plague the entire house. Pharaoh and everybody at his place, everybody under his in his kingdom, dealt with the plague. So that brings up the question of Pharaoh's integrity. And could and, and could Pharaoh have the same testimony that he was a righteous nation? God plagued him immediately. Whereas with Abimelech, he got his attention, said, man, look, you know, so so let's let's be people of integrity. Let's be a, a uh, as God's people, certainly uh, people of righteousness. And, and so he gives him these final instructions. Now, therefore, restore the man, his wife, give his wife back to him. For he is a prophet and he shall pray for thee and thou shall live all because he prayed for him. You know, one of the things about about being in service is that um, on our first Sunday, we anoint and pray for uh, for those that are there. You know, it's also our communion Sunday. And, and so there's something about the prayer. There's something about being anointed, the, the covering. Um, and so, you know, we're going to be sending out a blast regarding that. I want to encourage you, wherever you are, whatever church you belong to in your uh, the fellowship that where you attend, where you are a member and the pastor is giving account for your soul. Uh, yes, pastors have to stand before God, not at the end. Even right now, we stand before God and give an account for uh, those that are under our watchful eye um, to lay hands and to pray for you. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. Just the laying on of hands to, uh, makes a difference. And so, um, Abraham, he was a what? He was a prophet. And he prayed for him. Now, I did ask a couple of questions. What group of people uh, lived prior to um, or during this situation? And I don't see an answer. I don't see a scripture that's telling me or telling everyone uh, who the group of people was that was upon the face of the earth. Hmm. I, I well, what's that um, game show? Uh, I don't have no game show music to play right now while you think about it. But listen, uh, during that time, the group of people, the only people that was up on the face of the earth was the Gentiles. And you'll find that in the in Genesis, the 10th chapter, where it gives a history of the generations. And then the 11th chapter, where the Bible talks about the whole earth was of one language and uh, one speech and that everybody was Gentiles and even Abraham himself was a Gentile. Israel was not born yet, was not born yet. And so um, you'll find that just by reading Genesis the 10th chapter and through the 11th chapter. And remember, we're in the book of Genesis. And so everything, uh, all our answers are, are right there in the scriptures in the book of Genesis. And there was a, another question uh, that was asked as well uh, regarding uh, this couple, this great couple that God is going to use. And that was why the question was, was why did God prevent Abimelech? Why did God prevent the uh, Egyptians and all of them from touching Sarah? And the answer to that you'll find throughout the scriptures leading up to this is, um, matter of fact, in the eight 
the 17th and 18th chapter of Genesis, where the Lord has promised, uh, he's made a promise to Abraham, telling him that uh, the seed, the seed, the nations are going to be blessed. Well, the nations are not going to be blessed because other people are, are, are going to impregnate Sarah is because uh, God has already told him that he's going to turn back the hands of time, that he is going to uh, bring forth out of the bosom of Abraham uh, the promise. And so no one else could touch her because of that. And go just read the 17th chapter of Genesis. And, and so you'll see, because God has been making that promise ever since they left um, their country uh, at the end of the 11th chapter, where the Lord, um, where the, the writer brings out that uh, Abram was married to Sarah and she was barren. She was without child. And that was for, it's very, that stands out. And you cannot ignore that when you, as you read the word of God, you know, those little not those little things, but just don't ignore those things at all, because we're dealing with this whole uh, pregnancy, even when um, the triangle of Hagar and and Abram and Sarah uh, went on where she said, well, take my maid. And he married Hagar as maid and and she became pregnant. And then there was a whole um, scenario regarding that. And Abraham said, hey, well, wait a minute, take Ishmael and, and make him a great nation. He's of my loins. And God is like, no, that's not what I said. I said it's going to be you and Sarah. It's going to happen between you and Sarah, not you and Hagar. I'll bless him. He's going to have multiple kings and leaders come out of him. But uh, but the promise is between you and I'm going to fulfill my word with you and Sarah. So no one, they were well protected. We're well protected and we should not ignore that. Well, let's embrace God. He is what our exceeding, uh, our, our great reward. You know, let's not ignore what the Bible tells us. What's that? The 15th chapter and the first verse. I'm not shield. I'm your protection and your exceeding great reward. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your grace and your word this this evening, Lord. I ask that you would bless each one respectively in their location, Lord. You know and understand the need of every individual. You know their finances. You know, Lord God, um, what they're looking for. We all need a ready word, <laughs> which makes our heart glad, encourages us, Lord God. And I pray and ask that you would bless your word to encourage, to be of encouragement to everyone that has tuned in to listen on this uh, 16th day of, of August, 2023. Lord God, this is the day that you made and, and we're glad about it. We're happy, Lord God, you, you have made us a people of your desire. Lord God, and we just wanna bless you and we just want to live according to your word Lord, on our jobs, in the school, to be an example to others, to be an example to our children. and children to be example to their children and to friends and Lord God uh, let our words and uh, be few but let our actions be mighty in the eyes of others Lord God we thank you we know that uh, that a picture is worth a thousand words bless us to be the picture that you're painted uh, so that thousands can see us and glorify you 
We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Continue to pray for us as, as we're praying for you. Again, let, let's remember the fast day on Wednesdays from 12 um, midnight to 3 p.m. Now, if you missed that last night, uh, fast tonight, fast from 12 midnight to 3 p.m. Uh, tomorrow on Thursday. And don't wait till next Wednesday, but be blessed. And again, if you have any questions or, or if you desire fellowship with us, um, you know, maybe you have a meeting going on, like we have our annual uh, leadership conference coming up October 5th, 6th and the 8th. You know, if you want to be part of that or if you have something coming up and you would like our participation, let us know. Visit ConnectingTruth.org and let us know. Send us an invitation. And so um, now, again, we're preparing for 2024 and three nights of Pentecost. There's 277 days from today leading up to the 50th day, and we're going to be celebrating with three nights. And so that is to be announced uh, the end of, of May, to be exact, but I'll give you the dates um, later. And so you don't want to miss that. People are counting down for many other things. We're counting down for a spectacular uh, praise unto the Lord. We're excited about that. And so continue to pray for us as we're praying for you in Jesus' name. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. God bless you.